Hi everyone and welcome to East Redland Anglican for this Anzac Day of 2022, uh, a most solemn day in the Australian calendar. This year we're focusing on the Australian Army and as a part of that today we will be talking about the 2nd 25th Battalion, which was my grandfather's battalion in the Second World War. And there'll be specific references there to the Syrian and Palestinian campaigns and the campaign in Papua New Guinea and particular reference to the Kokoda Trail. At the end of the sermon there will be the last post and rouse um, as a mark of respect for the fallen. So please sit back and enjoy today's sermon. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Would you please be seated? As I have done over the last many years, I try to, on Anzac Day and Remembrance Day, look at a particular unit within the theme of the year I'm, I'm doing. So this year, because I'm doing Army, I'm looking at the 2nd 25th Battalion today, which, um, as I said in the uh, few weeks leading up to Anzac Day, was my grandfather's unit in the Second World War. Raised in Brisbane, Queensland on the 1st of July 1940, as part of the 2nd Australian Imperial Force, Force, the 2nd 25th Battalion formed at Groveley, with its first personnel marching into the unit a fortnight later. Consisting of a battalion headquarters for rifle companies designated A through D, and one training and reinforcement company known as E Company, the battalion conducted initial training at Groveley before moving to Darwin in October, where they relieved the 2nd 15th Battalion as part of the town's defensive garrison. Forming part of the 24th Brigade, it was initially assigned to the 8th Division, before being transferred to the 9th Division in November 1940. In February 1941, the battalion returned to Brisbane aboard HMAT Zealandia, um, arriving in Brisbane after a nine-day voyage. For the next two months, they were stationed at Red Bank before they finally departed for overseas service in the April of 1941, moving to Sydney by rail, where they embarked upon the RMS Queen Mary bound for Egypt. That's where they were involved in the North Africa and Syria campaign and it's one of the least known Australian operations of the Second World War. Between the 7th of June and the 11th of July 1941, Australian troops fought as part of an allied force in Syria and Lebanon against the Vichy French. Syria and Lebanon had been French protectorates since France was granted a League of Nations mandate over them in 1919 and a pro-German Vichy French administration had assumed control following the fall of France in the June of 1940. The aim of the campaign was to occupy Syria and Lebanon to prevent the establishment of a German presence there that could threaten Britain's bases in Palestine and its broader strategic position in the Eastern Mediterranean. 
German aircraft had already operated from Syrian airfields in April of 1941 in support of a revolt against the British administration in Iraq. The campaign was timed to take advantage of the losses suffered by the German forces during their invasion of Crete. But unbeknown to the British government, however, Germany had suspended any further operations in the Eastern Mediterranean in order to prepare for the invasion of the Soviet Union. The 2nd 25th Battalion arrived at Port Tufik uh, on the 3rd of May 1941. They undertook further training as they received the rest of their equipment and weapons, so they received training with submachine guns, anti-tank rifles and mortars. Before the men were again moved to Mercer Matru on the coast, whereupon they were transferred to the 25th Brigade. Amid concerns of a German attack along the Egypt-Libya border, the battalion carried out the tasks of building and manning defences of the brigades in a perimeter. On the 25th of May, they were moved again with the plan of joining the garrison at Tobruk. But those plans were changed and the 2nd 25th, along with the rest of the 25th Brigade, moved to Palestine where they were transferred to the 7th Division for whom they would remain with the rest of the war. Now, in the June to July of 1941, the battalion took part in fighting against the Vichy French in Syria, during which it was initially placed in brigade reserve during the advance to Lebanon. And it saw the battalion's company split up as they were detached to other th three battalions and brigades as required. Later, they were reunited on the 19th of June after carrying out a gruelling approach march over difficult terrain. And the 2nd 25th launched its only major attack of the campaign in an effort to retake the town of uh, Merjoun after a Vichy counterattack had recaptured it a few days earlier. Encountering a force of French tanks, however, the battalion's attack was ultimately unsuccessful and they suffered heavy, heavy casualties, as well as losing over 50 men being captured. Now, a record of the casualties for that campaign can be found at the Australian War Memorial. Most of the losses for that campaign had come from B Company, and so it became necessary to merge the company with the platoon from A Company. A few days later, on the 25th of June, the battalion was temporarily attached to the 21st Brigade and together they carried out a series of advances inland due to concerns of possible French counterattack, um, capturing a number of towns and villages along the way before an armistice was declared on the 12th of July, 1941. After the battalion carried out garrison duties in Lebanon before being brought back to Australia in 19... Uh, they, were, they carried out garrison duties in Lebanon before being brought back to Australia in the February of 1942 in order to meet the growing threats in the Pacific following Japan's entry into the war in December of 1941. Now, the 2nd 25th Battalion then arrived back in Adelaide on the 10th of March 1942, having made the voyage from Egypt aboard the American troopish troop ship USS Mount Vernon. If you have a look at my grandfather's uh, service record, it actually has it there that he was on the USS Mount Vernon and coming back to Australia. Following this, they undertook training at Woodside Camp before being moved to Caboolture in May, undertaking marksmanship training at the rifle range at Inogra in Brisbane and specific jungle training in July, 
Later in early August, the battalion carried out amphibious landing training, undertaking practice assaults on Bribey Island before carrying out further marksmanship and physical fitness training as they prepared for the uh, order to proceed overseas as the situation in New Guinea had become very serious. That order came on the 31st of August and they embarked on the SS Vandalin and Katoomba on the 1st of September 1942 and they proceeded to Port Moresby via Townsville and they arrived in Port Moresby on the 9th of September. As Australians, we are most familiar with the name of Kokoda as it relates to the New Guinea campaign. But I do wonder if, in many instances, we understand its significance. And what we understand of Kokoda is that having had their initial effort to capture Port Moresby by a seaborne landing disrupted by the Battle of the Coral Sea, and the Japanese fleet had gone in around Papua New Guinea, and it was only that um, there was US, they come in via Guadalcanal, and it was only that the US Navy was there that turned them back, that that was unsuccessful. Uh, the Japanese saw the Kokoda Trail as a means by which to advance to Port Moresby overland. Troops of the Japanese South Seas Detachment began landing at Gona on the 21st of July 1942, intending initially just to test the feasibility of the Kokoda Trail as a route of advance, but a full-scale offensive soon developed. The first fighting occurred between elements of the Papuan Infantry Battalion and the 39th Australian Infantry Battalion at Awala on the 23rd of July. Although steadily reinforced by the battalions of the 30th and the 21st Brigades, the Australian force was unable to hold back the Japanese. It was poorly equipped, had not yet developed effective jungle warfare tactics, and was fighting at the end of a very long and difficult supply line. A number of desperate delaying actions were fought as the Australians withdrew along the trail. They finally stopped on the 17th of September at Amita Ridge, uh, the last natural obstacle along the trail. Uh, a mere eight kilometres from the junction with the road at Port Moresby. The Japanese held the opposite ridge six, um, six kilometres distance at um, Iaribaiwa. The tactical situation, however, had now swung in favour of the Australians. Their artillery at Owa's Corner was now in range and their supplies could be trucked most of the way forward where Japanese supplies had to carry all the way from the north coast. As a result of severe losses suffered by the Japanese on Guadalcanal following the American landing there, the, seas the South Seas Detachment was ordered to withdraw to the north coast of Papua and establish a defensive position there. Australian troops of the 25th Brigade, of which the 2nd 25th was a part, began to edge forward from Imita Ridge on the 23rd of September. And the Japanese withdrew from uh, Iribaiwa the next day. In the course of their retreat, the Japanese fought delaying actions every bit as determined as those of the Australians. Several difficult and costly battles were fought before the 16th and the 25th Brigades crossed Kamusi uh, to Wairopi in mid-November, heading for even more bitter fighting around the Japanese beachheads at Gona, Burna and Sanandana. The Kokoda Trail fighting was some of the most desperate 
and vicious encountered by Australian troops in the Second World War. Although the successful capture of Port Moresby was never going to be a precursor to an invasion of Australia, victory on the Kokoda Trail did ensure that Allied bases in Northern Australia, vital in the coming counter-offensive against the Japanese, would not be seriously threatened by their attack. Approximately 625 Australians were killed on the Kokoda Trail and over 1,600 were wounded. My grandfather was one of them. Casualties due to sickness exceeded 4,000. In December, they moved, to a, they moved to a rest camp before finally on January 1943, the battalion was withdrawn to Australia for rest and reorganisation and they remained in Australia for the next six months training on the Atherton Tablelands. Now, as my grandmother told the story, when my grandfather was injured, she received his watch and other bits and pieces in the mail and she thought he was dead. Um, fortunately for us, he wasn't. Um, at home I have a plaited band that comes from New Guinea. And I, as she tells it, or well, as she told it, um, while he was recovering, one of the, the local natives gave him that and told him to give that to his fuzzy wuzzy angel when he got home. The second 25th return to New Guinea, however, uh, arriving at Paws Moresby on the 22nd of July aboard the troop, uh, troop ship Duntroon in advance of the 25th Brigade's advance in, on Ley, which saw the 7th Division, to which the battalion was attached, drive on Ley through Markham, Markham Valley. Advancing through the plantations that lined the Markham Road, they encountered only light resistance, and the 2nd 25th in the vanguard of the Australian force was the first to enter the town on the 16th of September. Later in September, the battalion was flown to Kuipert, from where they carried out patrols in support of the, the Finesta Range campaign. During this time, the battalion was involved in a series of relatively minor contacts, and the most significant coming on the 13th of September around Whittaker's Bridge near Heath's Plantation, and then on the night of the 12th and 13th December, um, around Kesawai. It was during the fighting at Heath's plantation that Richard Kelleher from B Company performed the deeds that later led to him receiving the Victoria Cross. The 2nd 25th went on to serve in Borneo in 1945 and in February 1946 the battalion returned to Australia, arriving in Brisbane and it was subsequently disbanded on the 7th of March 1946. Throughout the war, a total of 2,745 men served with the 2nd 25th Battalion, of which my grandfather served for... Can I have the next slide? Oh, the next one, sorry. And if you notice, you won't be able to read it, but down the, the right-hand side is a record of his wartime service. And it says there that he served 1,107 days continuous war service. 437 of those days were in active combat outside Australia in Gona, Darwin, Kokoda, Syria, Palestine and Mersa Matru. And during that time, 
176 men were killed and 365 wounded. Members of the battalion received the following decorations. One Victoria Cross, two Distinguished Service Orders, four Military Crosses with one bar, one Distinguished Conduct Medal, nine Military Medals, one British Empire Medal, and 33 mentions in dispatches. In addition, one member of the battalion was appointed a member of the Order of the British Empire. Before I finish, I just, that's my grandfather, and that's his discharge certificate. Should we have the next couple of slides? One of the things that I've recognised over the years as I've done these, done these talks in Merriweather particularly is that when you start talking about people and units, it can be a bit academic until you realise, as we did in Merriweather, that some of the people we were talking about lived in the next street. We knew which house they lived in, we knew what street they lived in, and suddenly it became very real. We had one instance where we were talking about the sinking of the Sydney in the Second World War, and on the altar we had, uh, we had a lady who came by chance, um, and she said, when I told her what we were doing, she said, my uncle was a stoker on the Sydney. So we had his photo and medals on the altar, knowing that he went down with the Sydney. It became very real and very eerie. So I show these pictures to show that these are real people in real situations. Uh, my grandfather is the, on the left-hand photo, is the one on the extreme right, the shortest of all of them. Um, you will notice a striking resemblance between members of my family and the 4X man. There is a reason for that, but that's another story. Um, it's actually modelled off a guy called Paddy Freeze, believe it or not. Um, but two of the guys in that photo on the left, um, I think the guy, there was a guy there, Kenneth, and another guy, Patrick. Uh, they were my grandfather's mates, and that's who my uncle's named after. So my uncle, some of you might know my uncle, Ken, from up in Wynnum, Kenneth Patrick Morris, that's where he gets his name from. The one on the right is part of the Palestinian campaign, and that headdress that he's got on his head, I still have. I also have the, a few other little things he brought back. So I have the next one. I don't know where that is, um, but it's obviously later in the campaign. He's second from the left, and he's got his sergeant stripes on, so he's obviously progressed a little bit since he started. But they're obviously travelling at that point. Um, come to the next one. Now, I'm sorry about these ones there. These were taken in 1971. Um, on, and they, I, they come off slides, believe it or not, They're, but this is Bamana War Cemetery in New Guinea. And the next one. I was always fascinated by that top left-hand one. There's a, a metal man holding a rifle at the beginning of the Kokoda Trail. But that's the, the War Cemetery. Next one. So today, we give thanks for those of the 2nd 25th and for any of you who have seen service, we give thanks for your sacrifice and for your service. We give, we give thanks for those who have sacrificed defending this country. And I give thanks for my grandfather and his service. He may long have since departed this life but he has never been forgotten.
lest we forget. They shall grow not old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun, and in the morning, we will remember them. Thank <laughs> you. 